Brennan Nelson. We're broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit studios in Rock and Royal Oak, Michigan. You can find us at podcastdetroit.com. It's nooner time. Somebody bring me a mirror. Hump day. Yes, it is. J Dubs over here is having a little, di- little technical difficulty this afternoon. I think you guys do it purposely. I think you guys play with this mic every time I come in here. You know, it's and- not the mic, it's the chair. Yeah. You can't figure out how to work. And she's height challenged. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm challenged in many vertically ways. challenged. No, vertically. Height, so. She said it right. Like, okay, seriously, though. Shouldn't this be down the middle? It, it, sh- it should. There oh, was yeah, like right. a, a oh, giant sitting in that chair before. Yeah. yeah. Okay, come on. Thank yeah. you. I know you don't want to hear me, but uh, like I there, said, there, there we was go. A giant, apparently. Okay, <laughs> now this is better. You. Either that, or I have to sit on a, a phone book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. So, Rocky, great show Friday. Thank you. It was fun. Oh my god, it was awesome. You had a great lineup. Band was yeah. awesome. You were great, well, and you um, and you brought out your new girl. I did. What's what's her name? My new guitar. Her yeah. name is Asia. Asia, and why did yep. you name her Asia? Um, I named her Asia. Well, it's spelled A-J-S-H-A. So it's an acronym for all my favorite artists or artists that have influenced me along my career. Like who? So, who was- so it's Amy Winehouse, Janis Joplin, oh, okay. Stevie Wonder and Nix, yes. Jimi Hendrix and Aretha Franklin. Oh, so, yeah. okay. so I decided that after awesome. from here on out, all of my guitars are going to be neat. Need to be named after people that influence me and places. Oh, so, that's I love cool. So will J Dubs so. be one of them? <laughs> You'll no. throw that in somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Some old rustic piece of crap that doesn't work, right? Oh no, oh, no you did great though, man. Thanks. And it looks really good on you. Thanks. Yeah, I'm how fun. There. And Alan Turner showed up. Yeah, I was then, so excited to see him. That was which made cool. me a little nervous though, because he's so awesome. Yeah, so it is intimidating. It is. <laughs> but um but you got him on stage. Too. I did. Which you know what? He's such a trooper because seriously, I pulled that out and I was he pulled me up on stage, but he at least was like in our next set, we'll, you know, think, think of a song. It was like literally on the fly. He's such a pro. And he came yeah. up there and he just killed it. It oh, was he awesome. Did great. He did great. And then you had um, Adam, Izzy, and John Paul. Yeah. Good lineup. Yep. The fun. artists that opened were great. Adam and Izzy. Yeah. It was a, yeah. a great, great show. It was a lot of fun. So, um, and then Saturday, uh, were you by any chance in Royal Oak? I was not. You were not? Because they had their first onesie bar crawl. Oh my gosh. Saturday night in Royal Oak. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been, that would be the only way I would do a bar crawl. 
Is it with your onesie? (laughs) It was really pretty cool. But I guess it's real popular in Europe. And um, yeah, it's. That is so fun. They're doing them in all different cities in the U.S. too. But this first time where I looked at it and I saw pictures of it and thought of you because I know you love wearing your onesie. I do. So see, now you can. Got a killer pink rabbit onesie. Onesie. There you go. It's it's pretty intense. So it's not just for Walmart anymore, right? <laughs> yeah, we can take that sucker out everywhere now. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's oh, socially acceptable. Anyway. Um, well, I read a an article over the weekend that... You read? Yeah. It That's good. Cracked, once in a while happens. <laughs> so I was cracking up, though, because it was about how pets take on their personalities and sometimes looks of their owners. <laughs> so I was cracking up thinking about you and Gia. Uh-huh. Um, She's short and fat. She's well, she's, she's a, plump. She's a rescue, and she's I'm not a rescue. Well, I can't be a rescue. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so I I was cracking up because I was thinking about your personality. So I came up with a list of things that Gia has taken on from you. Oh, so <laughs> so here okay. we go. I've got um, you careful both, what you say. <laughs> you both are very sassy. You both have like a little attitude all the time. We don't have any um, attitude, but that's okay. okay. Whatever. Um, neither of you are athletic. So, well, that's debatable. Okay. Uh huh. <laughs> both of you like to be alone. Neither yes. of you like any coddling or uh-huh. any sort of affection. You're very, like, uh-huh. um, both of you, um, Get annoyed by Lilo, the other dog. Yes, we do. <laughs> and, and her neither owner. Neither of you like to play games. So you hate right. trivia and Gia would never go chase a ball. So no. those were all the things You're I right. thought of when yeah. I was reading that. And I thought, oh my gosh, they're the same. Well, the you know what? Person. That's funny. Send me the article because um, you have Lilo's personality or Lilo has your personality. <laughs> No. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, very more... distracted. <laughs> All right. I'll give you that one. <laughs> Doesn't know which way to go. Or Yeah. Clumsy. Right. Well, sleeps in. Oh, my God. Your dog I is not just like you. <laughs> no, I, I've never seen a dog sleep in till noon before. Has anybody else? No. I mean, it's really weird. Well, but, yeah, just like you. We're here today, so. Yeah, you sure are. Well, anyway. <laughs> We have a special person here oh, today. So let's get started. It's our favorite segment. Where's our, our chimes? Our bell? Oh, did you hear that? No, I don't have my headphones on. Put your headphones on. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds really cool. Anyway, it's time for our favorite segment. It's What's the Wish, What's the Way, and What's in the Way? This segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented and gutsy individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, and turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. At the age of 31, our guest joined a club, as she calls it, when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Like many others in her the club... She endured multiple surgeries and chemotherapy. However, she realized a key factor in dealing with cancer are love and support and something we all take for granted, simply feeling normal. So she set out to help other cancer club members feel normal and started her organization, Project Chasing Life. Her organization helps other cancer patients cross something off their bucket list and bring normality into their lives, even if it's just for a bit. Please welcome to the show, Margie Jenkins. Yay! And it's your birthday. It's your birthday. (laughs) This is where Rocky, you're supposed to sing it. Oh, (laughs) there we go. So, uh, one of your biggest supporters and fans, Chris Long, 
Yes, I've known him for a long time. Yeah, robotics. He's a good friend of ours, and uh, he uh, informed us that it was your birthday. So we were scrambling, going, "Are you sure it's her birthday today?" And he kept sending texts, screenshots of everything. Yes, it is her birthday. Yes, my mom has uh, uh, spread it all over Facebook. Uh, that it was my well, cool. we brought you a little birthday muffin today. Yeah, I appreciate so it. Looks really good. I love chocolate chip. And what goes better with uh, rosé wine than chocolate chip muffin? Right yeah, there, we go. That's perfect birthday <laughs> birthday agree. breakfast for you. Okay, I, that sounds like breakfast well, champions right there. Yeah, there you go. Well, happy birthday and thanks for joining us. Just, um, I did look up your horoscope though, and this is really interesting because even though I. We don't really know you other than the research we did in, you know, from what um, the wonderful things Chris has said about you, your horoscope fit you to a T. So let me just read it. You're a Pisces mm-hmm. and um, it says you have a natural connection to the emotions of others and you're not satisfied unless you can also offer support. In addition to your compassion, your active mind allows you to be optimistic about possibilities in all aspects of life. Oh, God, that does kind of Isn't that weird? weird? I read it to Rocky and I said, oh, my gosh, this is right on. Yeah, I thought for a second, I was like, Mame, are you psychic or something? No, <laughs> it was pretty good. No. And then I looked up mine and it was not right. So <laughs> like, I gonna, forget it. Yeah, it's hit or miss, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, this was right on it. And then you do share a birthday with uh, George Washington. I do. My parents almost named me Martha. Are you serious? Yeah, was, my dad had thrown it out there as an option. He's like, hey, you know, it's George Washington's birthday. Well, um, and also um, on February 22nd, Kurt Cobain and Courtney loved that was their wedding date. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that either. So, yeah. And it was um, his uh, his birth. No, was it? Yeah, it was his birthday on the 20th. Yeah. So anyway, welcome to the show. We have a lot to talk about. So you can see all of our notes. And I actually even have my iPad today. That's She's how much. getting high tech over here. Yeah. It's yeah. getting well, a little scary. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, Margie, take us back to uh, July of 2014. Okay, let's go back before we get to where you're at today and everything you're doing. But what prompted you to first go to the doctor anyway? So um, back um, at the beginning of July, like pretty much like it was for, uh, the first day of 4th of July weekend. And I was going to the gym regularly at the time. Um, and I had done weights that day. It was chest and arm day. And I'm like, feeling my muscle chest muscle like I was really proud of myself like yeah and I felt something on uh my left side and I'm like well it's not on the right and it doesn't hurt and I was like it's not really moving much um but I really didn't think anything of it I'm like I'm 31 no I don't have a history of uh cancer or anything in my family so I suspect at 31 you'd have cancer um, especially breast cancer, especially right. this day, it's a very stigma that it's an older woman's disease, right. not somebody in their be- uh, beginning right. of 30. Um, but I was like, all right, well, it's the beginning of 4th of July weekend. If it's there and hasn't changed much, maybe I'll get it checked out after the holiday. Um, and it was still there. And so I was like, all right, I'll go see a doctor. Get my husband to calm down. <laughs> uh because he's like, you don't know. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I'm fine. Were, uh, were you feeling? No, I felt or, fine. Okay. I was I was actually like at this point in my life, it was I was on the hugest high I could be on. I, I mentor high school robotics and that's how I know Chris. Right. Um, And our team had just won the world championship at 
at the World Championship oh, in wow. April. Oh. And so like 2014 was a great year. Um, we just won the Worlds in April at the end of April and uh, middle of July. We were going to an offseason tournament where that when you go to that tournament and you like compete, that's like in our little world, the better, the best of the best, not at the world oh, championship. Wow. Like if wow. you can go and compete against those teams, like, cause even the people who win the world championship go to that one and don't always win. Yeah. Um, cause that one's by invitation only. So if right. you're not, if you're not considered to them a good team, you might not get to go cause they only like accept 60 something teams to that oh, event. Oh, wow. So I was really on a high and I'm like, this is not going to happen. <laughs> but I was one of those people back then that didn't really, I didn't have a primary care physician. I didn't go to the doctor. I, yeah. I don't, I still don't like doctors, but you know, they have to be my best friends right now. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was, so I'm like looking up primary care physicians that I my only had two requirements. They were female because I really didn't want to talk to a guy about the situation mm-hmm. and they had to take my insurance. Right. Well, I guess there was a third. They had to either be close to my house or work. Mm-hmm. One or the other I was cool with. Um, I found this primary uh, care physician right that she's less than a mile from my house. And I called and said, hey, I'm not a patient there, but I found this lump um, and doesn't hurt. It's not bothering me at all. Um, I kind of uh, should I come get it checked out? And they're like, we can fit you in tomorrow. So I went there in the morning. And she's like, she could, when she had me lay down and she was giving me an exam and then I was like, well, if I sit up, it's more prominent. And when I sat up, she's like, wow, it really is. It was, it was a pretty good size, uh, what I called mama tumor. Wow. Um, but she, she called, um, the breast surgeon at Henry Ford, uh, West Bloomfield Mm -hmm. and he had a book schedule and was going out of town. And she's like, is there any way you can fit this girl in, uh, today? She called on her cell phone while she's in the room with me. Oh, wow. And I go over there. He fits me in. I go over there. I get a mammogram. I get an ultrasound and a biopsy all in one day. Wow. <laughs> and he's like, well, at your age, there's 90% chance it's, it's, it's nothing. You have a 10% chance that it's cancer. Wow. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'll go on my way away. And he's like, if you don't hear from us by this date, call us and we'll let you know if the results are in and if you should come in or not. Well, I called on that day and they're like, yeah, can you come in? I'm like, okay. And I sat around for like <laughs> two hours. It felt, like, it felt like forever. And I'm sitting there and he comes in the room and he's like, unfortunately, it is cancer. And um, wow, he was shocked just as much as I was. And But at the same time, I was like, all right, what do we do next? <laughs> wow. And I think I kind of threw him off for a minute. I'm like, all right, what stage is it? And he's like, stage two. And I'm like, all right, we're good. Stage three or four, we're, it's not three or four. We're, we're still good. We're stage two. We're good. Now, had, had you researched it after you thought I had that done, that was a possibility? So me and my husband are huge, like, nerds in research and don't like the unknown. Mm-hmm. And so we looked at what it could be. They're like, there, there's tons of stuff at your, that age that it could be, could be, uh, cause I had, um, IDC, interductal carcinoma. So it's where it's in the, um, milk ducts. Okay. And so it's like it could have been that backed up or um there are like a fiber um there was like several things it could have been. So I'm like, "Ah, no big deal." So when he said it was cancer, I was a little I was a little shocked. I but I I knew that was always an option. That was always right. going to be an option, but I didn't expect it. Right. Wow. I was like the optimist. I'm like my like I went to the appointment alone. Oh, you did. I, my my husband's like, "Well, do you want to come want me to come with you?" And I'm like, "No, I can I can do this. I'll be fine." And so I went alone 
that's how confident I was in that it wasn't going to be anything. Right. Wow. So I called him and he was kind of freaking out because he hadn't heard from me for so long because I'd been in the room waiting. Um, that poor doctor, I was the third patient he had to tell that day. Oh, that they were really? Sick. Yeah. So I felt really Ugh. bad for him, but he was really awesome about it. Wow. Wow. But yeah. That, so all that happened in uh, like within like a week of each other from uh, biopsy to being told I was sick um, kind of all happened like within a week. Like I found the tumor on the th- third of july got a biopsy on the 8th and got a phone call on i went and saw him on the 11th and then i was going out of town with my kids to a robot tournament in like three or four days wow oh my gosh. did that change those plans or no, no i went and okay. i didn't tell any, the so my husband the only plans that changed is my husband came with me mm-hmm. um because we hadn't told anybody and i i didn't want my uh what I refer to as my kids, but my yeah. students, my high school students, I didn't want them to know I was quote unquote sick because you don't feel sick, but the doctors say you are. So it's like I always think of that as being like an air quote to me because I am I never felt sick. Until, right. Uh, I had to go through chemo and stuff. Um, But I didn't want my kids to know. I didn't want them to be affected any more than they might already had to have been. And I wanted to have one like as much last normal moments with them as possible yeah. before they started looking at you a little differently and right. start worrying about you more than they should worry about you because you're the adult. Right. And, and kids shouldn't have to worry about adults. Right. In my mind anyway. Right. Wow. So, so what was the process after? My doctor was my, my doctors, I should say I have, I have, um, a, I had a surgeon, I have an oncologist, I had um, my primary care, they all kind of, um, so soon, right after they t- told me I was sick, they're like, we want you to come for this consultation where you're going to meet with an oncologist, um, more than one oncologist. You're going to meet with a breast, another breast surgeon. You're going to meet with a radial oncologist. And you're, so you sit in a room for like an hour and a half, three hours, and these doctors just start coming in, uh, to see you. And they also bring in, uh, medical students. So <laughs> I got oh examined by like 20 doctors oh that day. My gosh. <laughs> so after that, you kind of become immune to like your whole privacy and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. And, uh, but they were really aggressive. They were, um, that was just a, like a couple days after, like maybe a week after they, I found out I was sick was that, uh, meeting with all those doctors. And when I met with the surgeon the first time, I was like, well, what are we looking at? And he's like, well, this is the course of action where there's a lot more tests we have to run, but this is kind of maybe our initial plan is we'll do surgery. And I asked him when that would be. And he's like, well, I like to do surgery within a month of -hmm. diagnosis. And so I'm like, okay. And, but there were still lots of other tests. He wanted to do genetic testing, um, MRI to make sure that he knew of all of the situation that we had going on. And um, so I had met with doctors and then um, had an MRI, had, I met with a geneticist to do genetic testing to find out if I had um, a history of cancer. I felt really bad. Um, I had to tell my family sooner than I wanted to. They were going on a family vacation the weekend. I f- uh, so I found out on Friday, my parents were taking my sister and my nephews on a family vacation um, up north for a week. And I was going to wait till they got back to tell them I was sick. And I was meeting with the geneticist while they were gone. So I had to find out the family history. Before oh, they left. <laughs> wow. So I'm like, hey, guys, can I come over this weekend before you leave? And my mom, I don't usually, I'm not usually the one to be like, hey, can I come over um, to initial, like, 
yeah so initiate the coming over and uh so she knew something was up right. she's like what's going on um and i made and especially since i made sure that both my parents were there at the time and so i told them that i was sick and my, my i mean my mom took it like a mom would take it. Oh, yeah. And my dad took it like a dad would take it. <laughs> oh, and um, it was really hard. And I was like, please try to keep this to yourself until you guys get back. I don't want my sister or my nephews to know. I don't want this to ruin their, their trip. Um, there you are concerned yeah. about other I, yeah I'm that's, like that's awesome i didn't i really did i hated telling them before they left because i knew the whole yeah. time they were gone my mom was going to be worrying about me and right having a hard time trying to hide it from my sister because she has a hard time hiding anything from my sister <laughs> <laughs> this and, was kind of a big deal <laughs> and so nobody else in your circle no i had gone to, through cancer at all no i none of my family had cancer um the only person i had close uh kind of close to me was um a former boss uh, slash parent on my team who mm-hmm. um, had breast cancer a few years, um, about five or five or years or so after, before me. And she was going through cancer again. Uh, oh, wow. Around that time. And so I kind of, she was actually, other than my husband, the first person I talked to. Yeah. Because um, I wasn't sure how to handle it. Right. I was right. Sure, like, how do you tell people? Right. When do you like, and she, so me and her had a nice long conversation. She's like, you'll tell people whenever you like, you telling people now or telling them later or not even telling them at all. It's totally up to you. Right. It's your decision. Um, and so I kind of told people, uh, I didn't, I tried to tell people that needed, like what I felt needed to know mm-hmm. quickly. Like I told my fam, like my, my extended family about a, a couple weeks after I found out, I told my grandfather uh, a couple days after I found out. Um, but, my students and my friends, I tried to keep it away from them as much as possible um, until I knew they would a little too hard for me to hide. Right, right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, like when you have a double mastectomy and you're walking around flat chested for 10 months and you're bald all of a sudden. Right. It's a little hard to hide that thing. <laughs> right. Um, so, but I, because I wanted one more moment of normal. Right. And, I mean, you kind of always like kind of when somebody passes how you always just want one more like right. minutes or something. It was kind of that way. Like I would go play soccer with my alumni during that summer and I'd look at them and be like, is this the last time they're going to look at me oh. the way they look at me now? Wow. Wow. Were, were you scared of, of not making it? Not no, coming I, through? I was, I was never scared. Um, about, I mean, I won't say I was never scared. There were some times where I was just like, I think I was more mad than scared. Yeah. But I was never really scared of what I was going to have to go through or not making it. I don't, I, that never like crossed my mind that it could kill me knowing, even though I knew the statistics that it, there is a possibility that it can kill you. Um, that even though they caught it at stage two doesn't necessarily mean a guarantee that I was going to make it through it. It had better chances. But right. I mean, there was still no guarantee at stage two that you're still going to make it out of that alive. Um, but I never thought of it that way. It was I had the. I went into it as being more of a positive person. I was like, this is no and more of a like, it's no big deal thing. I it was easier for me to deal with it that way is yeah. more of like a joke. Like when I had my biopsy, they stick a piece of titanium in you to mark where they biopsied. 
So the joke between me and my husband was my the song Titanium had been kind of popular <laughs> right then. And so that was like my song. Because <laughs> I had like two or three pieces of titanium in me at the time. <laughs> so that was kind of like a joke. So I just took it kind of as a joke and kind of like lightheartedly took it on. Yeah. Because I'm like, if you take it seriously, it's really hard. Like, I, at least for me, it was very, it would, I have a very hard time being sad or take like I'd rather go through things and be happy about them or try to find the positive out of them right. than trying to be upset. I don't like being the mopey. I don't want to be that mopey person in the room. Right. The mopey person in the room is usually the one that bothers me. Yeah. <laughs> wow. wow. Um, so when, when did, um, like when did it change though for you as far as, um, like when did you become a member of the club? Um, probably after, um, it was, it was about maybe six months after I finished treatment. Um, me and my husband never saw ourselves as having kids. We, we were never those people. Um, we are so busy. We can't even have find time to have a dog, let alone yeah. a human being that we have to take care of all the time. And neither one of us, um, selfish. I mean, I think it's very unselfish of us to understand that we, can't fit this in our life and uh we do so much for i my kid my high school students that i mentor are my kids those right. are my kids right and i have seven yeah, it's nieces. a choice you made i yeah. mean there's nothing yeah. wrong with that and we have seven nieces and nephews that we can borrow whenever we want yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so but uh around october of 15 they told me that i and this was so about six or eight months after chemo and i was all done. I still had lots of surgeries to go because I didn't uh, have reconstruction surgery until after chemo just because surgery and chemo um, for me had come pretty much back to back and there was no time. Um, but I was told all the work we had put into keep keeping my fertility didn't work. And there was always the chance that it might not work. Um, and that's when it kind of hit me and I got really like depressed and yeah. uh, really upset was the fact that the kid choice kid thing wasn't a choice anymore it right. was it was something that cancer took away and it was just another thing like everything else i would i could deal with my hair would grow back i i got new boobs and like that's pretty cool <laughs> I always wanted I mean I was I I had I was a very large chested girl at the time and I always had joked about having a reduction and so when I did have my double mastectomy my husband's like you there know, you we, go we didn't mean for you to go this <laughs> right, far right, right. watch what you wish for right watch and, what you put out there and so when he they're like sorry but unfortunately you're in your premenopausal and there's uh not a whole lot we can do because we can't give you hormones because my cancer was my particular cancer was hormone feeding so they wow. they want me to have lack of hormones. <laughs> they don't want to give me some. Right. So that was kind of like the turning point for me. And I started um about a month after that, I started going to Gilda's. My husband's like, go to Gilda's Club. It's really close to our house. Go there. And I went there and um started talking to uh they have a young adults group and they have a group called Rack Pack that are people who are girls around my age also going through breast cancer. And wow. so Going there was uh, really helpful for me because it's people who are going through or have gone through what I was going through. And it was I found some. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I found it use helpful for me helping others like going through cancer, 
um, putting on giving them some of the knowledge that I had learned going through my situation. It was I found it very um, therapeutic. Yes, there we go. There's, I'm like I can't breathe. Like words not working here. Yeah, it was very therapeutic for me and very helpful for me. And that's what kind of like that's kind of like that was kind of like my introduction to the club. I was. It, do they call it the club? No, like and that's kind of how like I, I mean because if you think about it, it's it is kind of like it's a community. The cancer community, like. You walk into Gilda's Club, I go there, and that is my friends. Those are my family. Those are the people that can relate. Those, yeah, and it's like that's how I ended My husband's like, I love you, and I'm going to support you with whatever you do. But what you're going through right now, I, he's like, I he can't help know. you. Right. I, he's like, I'm. He he wasn't so much frustrated with me what I was going through. He's more frustrated with himself. It's that he couldn't help me. Well, because what do you say to somebody who? tells you that they have cancer i mean that's uh, very difficult like what do you do yeah what do and you say when you're going when you're when you've never gone through it yourself right. it's very much it's very different than when you've gone when you're going through it yourself like i remember when i before i didn't have when i didn't have cancer and uh, my brother-in-law had it when we were in high school and it's you, it, you don't know what to say but when you're around people who have had it before they don't necessarily have to say anything or right. they know exactly what you're going through. So it's not, it's a different kind of support. They know what you're going through. They know how you're feeling right now. You don't have to explain it right? or feel if you're trying to explain it correctly. Well, and it's probably also the feeling of you're not the only one. Mm -hmm. You have a whole, there's unfortunately a lot of other people yes yeah there's the, that group that that group keeps growing yeah. exponentially is it so tell us about the statistics of cancer is, there in the u.s alone there will be there's there so i was doing research when i was first uh getting started and it's like the statistics for my age group is about so for my particular cancer, there will be almost 30,000 women wow. under the around my age that wow. get diagnosed with cancer every year. Wow. wow. And that is I'm like, that's I'm like, no, that's not right. 300,000. 300,000? <laughs> 300, wow. In, in early 30s. Like, well, they, they consider young, a young adults group. So anybody like it's like between 25 and 40. Wow. wow. And it's it's a like you don't hear it's not a group that's talked about a lot. But when you look at the numbers, it's like it's an ex, ex <laughs> words. I'm still struggling. Uh, It's not a small number, but right. it, at the same time, it is a, like the chances of me getting cancer or not like at my age wasn't exactly. I mean, I had a better chance of not. So when I figured all these statistics, my husband was kind of like really sad because he thought, wow. You were like a needle in a haystack. But at the same time, that's a pretty big haystack. So you can find lots of needles. Right. Wow. And, and like, do they say why? I mean, why they is have, the rate going up? They don't know. They haven't really found like some some people are genetic. Um, I was not genetic. My my cancer was not caused by at least that they know of at the current moment. They don't test all of your genes unless mm -hmm. you pay for that. And it's expensive. The mm -hmm. genetic test to test all of your genes. They only test about six to 10 genes for a mutation that they have found is linked to cancer. Um, there's a BRCA1 um, and BRCA2, I think, gene that is the more common 
cause of like that's the gene that they've that they watch for and check for most often um and that one's linked with breast cancer and ovarian cancer in women so usually wow. if you get that one they're usually like they clean house you end up getting double mastectomy and your ovaries and stuff all taken wow. because of that like that was one of the reasons why the doctor wanted to do genetic testing with me it's they wanted to see how aggressive they really needed to be right and so it was it, to learn like that for the most part, there's not like for me, there wasn't a, there, a lot of my friends, there was, there's no genetic reason for it happening. It just, it happened. Wow. wow. And that's the scary thing. Mm-hmm. It's just so out of your control. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. Yeah. Doesn't matter how healthy you are. Right. Yeah. yeah like, you I mean, out, we, you we were, were go, I was going to the gym yeah. like three times a week and running and I was, I was like really feeling good. I did not feel sick at all. I was wow. playing soccer with my students in the summer that summer. So it was like, wow, this is not happening. So, so oh, go ahead. Oh, my sorry. <laughs> Enough you. No, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> oh, you will if I let you. I know. Um, so when did Project Chasing Life, when did that start kind of becoming um, a thought, I guess? That was that was a a late, a what, 10, 11 o'clock at night discussion. with. So um, at my cancer support group, I had found out that there's these camps you can go to because I was like, there's not. There, I didn't really think there was anything out there for people of young adults. Like there is for make like make a wishes for kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think there was anything out there, and I had looked and couldn't really find anything. And I found out at my support group that there's a few camps that you can go to and kind of spend like a week in different places, like Hawaii or mm-hmm. uh, California or Montana, um, and go hiking, surfing, uh, skiing, all this fun stuff. Um. And I had applied to one of them and uh, in January of last year. Yeah. January of 16. I applied when I um, and I got in. I found out I got in at the end of January on a wait list. You have to go through medical. They have to make sure you meet the criteria, which is like you check the cancer box. Okay, (laughs) your doctor sends in some paperwork that you're healthy enough to go and that you do check actually check that box on the list of things. And you get to you go and spend a week and um, this trip was for a week in Hawaii. Wow. Wow. To go surfing. And I was sitting and I had gotten the email and I was super excited and I was kind of sad that there's not a whole heck of a lot out there for people going through cancer of my age. And when you're my age, and especially like the age range that we're we're trying to target is 18 to 40. Mm-hmm. Um. You're going through college because there's a girl who's 10 years younger than me in my support group. Me and her have our last uh, chemo day anniversary. Um, (laughs) And uh, she's 24. She was going through this while she was in college and she was she had breast cancer. And um, but there's they're going through college. They're starting a family. They already have family. There's a girl who's closer to uh, a little I think she's a little older than me. She has three kids. Wow. But then you're you're going you're going through chemo, you're all these surgeries, trying to support your family, trying to take care of your family, trying to just start a job going through college. So cancer's kind of like, hey, guess what? You don't get to do this anymore. Or you have to like slow down a bit. Um and it's expensive to be sick. It's not it's right. Not, especially that one. So I was really so the going to the camp, it's a thousand dollars to fly there. But once you get or eight hundred or thousand, however much it costs to get to Hawaii from where you're located. But once you get there, everything's paid for. 
You just have to pay for your flight there and home. And I was thinking, I'm fortunate enough. It was, I'm not going to say that a thousand dollars is not just pennies, but it's, it was dual. It was enough. Me and my husband are like, we can swing this. We can do this. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky enough not to be, uh, Henry Ford didn't have a price tag on me. I was (laughs) owned by them and I was still able to kind of work. I wasn't able to work as much as I would like when I was sick, but I was still able to go to work. Um, and I, they were really, I was, they were really supportive of time I needed to take off, um, and stuff when I was going through chemo and all my surgeries and stuff. And so it made me think there should be more out there for people, uh, of that age, especially because they're not only just, I mean, kids, yes, I'm not going to say that being, being a kid and not, and being sick doesn't suck because that, and for anybody, it sucks. Right. But they don't have the burden that they have. They, they don't have the responsibilities that they have. And so to think of trying to do something fun for just yourself is not the, not something that is a thought in your mind. Right. And when I was sick, I was fortunate enough to, when I was able feeling good, that people made sure I was enjoying life and getting to go out. Uh, me and my husband took a road trip to uh, Baltimore to see my favorite musician play. And Who, who's your favorite musician? Uh, his name's Matt Hires. Matt Hires. <laughs> We're going to close the show with that song, <laughs> a song by him today. He's really good. If, if you guys don't love him, you will. Um, and he's a great guy too. He came, uh, he came and played for, um, our launch party that we had. Oh, he, I, I saw that video. I, I was wondering if it was the same person. It is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Wow. I had sent him a note and I'm, I didn't expect to hear back. And I was, I was like meeting like, your rock star from like when he responded back on Facebook, I'm like, I showed it to my husband, I'm like, look, look. <laughs> wow. he actually Aww. messaged me back. <laughs> and he's like, if you can fit it into my, um, he's like, I'll be on tour at the time. If you can fit it in, I will stop by. Wow. And he, him and it, he came up and he played and it was, it wow. was great. But my husband, when I was sick, he was like, Hey, Matt Hires is playing in Baltimore this weekend. You want to go? And we just jumped in the car and went. Wow. And uh, I got a little depressed around Christmas because I was going through chemo and we normally go to Florida for Christmas. And I was like, I had chemo every week and I'm like, we're not going to get to go this year. And I was kind of bummed. And he's like, we'll go. So right after my, like we had the bags packed and I'm at chemo. And as soon as we left the can, the uh, medical building, Got in the car and drove right to Florida. Wow, you wow. guys are troopers, yeah, no both of you. I felt bad for him because he had to drive the whole way. Uh, but he was like, "We're gonna go." Oh and, my gosh! Wow. And he made sure I was back for my next chemo appointment a week later. Wow. But he made sure. And when we got down there, my friends were really great. We went out. A uh, friend of mine, friends of mine, are still animal trainers at SeaWorld because I oh. and um. Wow. I went there and uh, friends took me backstage to like. Things that had like a show uh, that was being redone at the time um, was closed because of the remodel. But he took us back and we got to see the stage that was going to be new. And um, a friend of mine who is works with the dolphins took us backstage and we got to see the dolphins and where they hang out their training pools and stuff and the birds. And it was really a great time. And those memories and that time I had, even though that was a really sucky time in my life, that was a ton of fun. And I. I was really fortunate enough and very lucky to have those people doing that that for me. And uh, and I would imagine that that probably helped you get through yeah, those dark like, times. When when you're able to get out and enjoy life, it makes the crap you have to go through not so crappy. Right. And so when I'm sitting here in January at, in uh, 15 after getting this camp, I'm like, there really should be more out there. 
And I was, I was searching the internet, trying to find stuff. And I'm looking and I'm like, am I crazy? Like, I literally asked my husband, I'm like, am I crazy to want to do this? Cause he's like, why? I'm like, well, I feel like if it were, there was a need or a want there, it would already be done. Mm. And I can't find anything. I'm like, I don't, I don't see anything out there for that age group. Some like what I want to do. And he's like, maybe he's like, there was no light bulbs until somebody came up with one. (laughs) Right. And so that was kind of like, that was like the aha moment to start Project Chasing Life was me and my husband in the living room. Wow. Wow. That that was amazing when I heard that story, just that you were, because I mean, I've never been diagnosed with anything. If I was, I would not Uh, be thinking about. What you were right. thinking about, which was how can I make other people who are right. going through what I'm right. going through? You know, it's one thing to be free of it and have gone through it, but to be in the middle of it and think, okay, how can I make this better for the other people who are going through what I'm going through? Right. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I and mean, where, where did you get the strength? Yeah. I Well, I mean, it's still, I mean, it's still, I mean, we're still working progress, but it's, uh, it was, I'm one of those people that try to like, and if I'm sleeping too much, if I'm sleeping more than six hours, then that's too much for me. <laughs> so, Did you hear that, Rocky? Hey, I, trust me, I, I like my sleep. Hours. Don't get me wrong. I'm a huge fan of sleep. I did a lot of it last night. <laughs> um, but um, at the same time, I also like, like I have my high school robotics kids. I have a job. I volunteer for the robotics organization as a whole, not just with my team. And so I do already have a lot on my plate. But at the same time, I was like, I the people in my support group are also a big like reason of why I'm doing it. I see these, there's, there's the girl who was going through college at the time. And I've lost, I've lost a couple of friends along the way. I have friends that have, um, have had to have transplants and have graft versus host disease. So trying to work is not really all that great for them. It's like those, those people are struggling just to live day by day. So why should they struggle to try to do something fun for themselves? Right. Because wow. you don't think about doing fun things. No. You're not trying. I mean, that's you're just trying to survive. You're just right. trying to, or, or paying bills. Right. You're like, you're like, I got to pay a bill. I can't go on a family trip. Right. Wow. Well, and I, I think even the people around you, I would imagine, would think that you, you're, you probably don't have the energy to go do something fun or, or they, mm-hmm. like, I would never think that way to, yeah. you know, if you're going through chemo to say, Hey, let's go on a road trip, you know? Yeah. And my husband, like my husband was actually one of like the hugest uh, help I had. Like he made sure he did the, he was doing the dishes, all the house cleaning. Like, wow. He didn't, he's like, if you're feeling up for it, I'd rather you be at robotics or doing something you want to do, not something you feel you have to do. Wow. So I was, I got, I got super lucky. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. What's your husband <laughs> saying? <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Rob? Rob. Hi, Rob. Yeah, hi, Rob. Gonna give a shout out Sadly, to yeah. for anyone listening, listening, he does not have a brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> he was born with two sisters. <laughs> well, that wow. had to be a huge, uh, make a huge difference it's, for you, though, like, to have your, your spouse be such a big support he, and understanding. Being, he was so supportive. And you see some, some people who he read a, uh, about a book where... Um, in a book where it talks about um, caregivers and some people who can't handle it. Right. And they end up leaving or walking away from the person who's sick because they can't handle the type of support. They right. Have. Like, and I've heard a couple stories like that, yeah. which is just awful. It's awful and crazy. But at the same time, you can kind of, I mean, it is, I mean, not, I mean, yes, that person who 
is going through a lot didn't sign up for that. But and either did you. Right. Um, so both of you are in a situation you didn't sign up for, you never asked to be in. Right. And you don't ever expect your relationship to have to go through that challenge. Right. Because nobody expects to have to have cancer. Uh, or to get cancer. Right. So to have that extra challenge when just being married sometimes is challenging right, in itself. Right. And how long had you guys been married? Uh, me and my husband had been married for, it was going to be 10 years that year. Oh, wow. wow. So yeah, we okay. just celebrated our 12th anniversary. Oh, well, well congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> well, there's probably nothing you guys can't handle now. Yeah, no, yeah. We're like, we're good. Yeah. We're good. But you got it all out of the way for the next 50 years. <laughs> we got this. Yeah. Like, oh, we made it through that. We got this handled. And so. You guys were talking, you, you came up with the idea, you saw a void, and then what happened after that? How did you, did you put a business plan together? How did we're it still working work? <laughs> Well, you, but you're nonprofit. But we're you, non- so we, we looked, um, I did all the research to find out, okay, what do you have to do to become a 501c3? And that's not easy from no, what I it's, understand. It's not, it can be and it can't be. There's, you have to make sure you uh, I had paperwork sent back a couple of times because I forgot to fill out or did not put the right wording. Like, oh. um, but you have first you have to become a business. And I feel weird. I'm like, but I don't want to be a business. I want to be. in. <laughs> but apparently they're the one in the same. And I learned that uh, going through. I'm like, OK, so I have to I was um, I was looking for stuff that um, inspired me and kind of I felt meant something to me and there was a show when I got sick called Chasing Life who was about a girl who was around my age going through cancer Wow! and I was like I wanted to do something kind of like that so I was like Chasing Life project project my friend actually helped me he's like how about project Chasing Life and I'm like oh that sounds good and so that's how we came up with that name we're sitting around that's how that name came up but I was like looking up I'm like all right that name doesn't exist because there's a friend registries and Google is a great thing. Um, there's nothing you can't find on the internet these days. Yeah. <laughs> if you look hard enough. But it's like, so we had to find, I'm um, like, pick a name. Well, try to look up and see what's available. And then there's some paperwork you have to fill out. You have to fill out paperwork with uh, the state of Michigan to um, become a business, which is like weird. I own a business kind of. Well, as far as the state of Michigan's concerned, I do. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but you have to do that before you apply for your 501c3. And so there's a lot of paperwork involved and you have a lot of a waiting game of getting approved. And I didn't, the paperwork came through about the business and I didn't realize I was approved. <laughs> it just said <laughs> filed. And I looked it up. And I'm like, oh, hey, look. <laughs> I looked it up I'm on the in. internet. Hey, it's a thing. Cool. It's on, it's on the, it's on the, uh, website as a business i'm like sweet it worked so you just did all the research online yourself to to get this started between me and my husband we just kind of like all right what do we need to do to get this happening and it was not at the time i'm also was heavily into robotics season and so it was like yeah this is just i was getting too much sleep that was the problem must (laughs) have been and so yeah we just did a ton of research trying to figure out what's the next step what do we have to fill out how do we get this and Oh, friends along the way, like, um, I didn't know that you have to apply for a solicitation license and to ask businesses to put up posters or something. Oh, really? There's a special license you have to have. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. And so I applied. I, a friend of mine had told me, they're like, hey, did you do your solicitation? I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I will now. 
Um, and applying for it's 501c3 was kind of daunting task. I'm like, oh, that's what I heard. It's just, it's nerve wracking to think that you're trying to be this not, you want to be nonprofit because one, people will want to help you more. Right. More people, anybody can kind of be a nonprofit, but having that 501c3 status is kind of a big deal because it's tax exempt. It's you, right. People can write it off on their taxes. Right. That status means something. And to get that, it's kind of hard. Um, because they don't like to just give it out willy nilly. And I totally right. understand that. Um, but they make sure that your T's are dotted, your I's are crossed. And yeah, that's that what I heard. It, and it can be kind of, and it's so for me, since we're just getting started, it wasn't as hard. It was like only four or five page process and making sure all your T's are dotted and I's are crossed. Did you, did you have a, a clear vision of what you wanted this organization to do? I, I knew I wanted, to be able, I wanted it to be something that people could come and be like, I would like to do this or something that it wanted. I wanted it to be something that I could take something for that somebody wanted to do and make it happen so that they didn't have, so that they could have something to enjoy in spite of cancer or right because when you get sick it's like well that sucks well now there's you got sick and because you got sick you get to do this cool thing so so it makes being that having that like little card in your pocket not suck so bad right I i like how you described it in your mission statement about um giving people a little bit of normal even if it's just for a minute yeah because you're even now, like my normal's gone. Like I, I, I was gonna say, your life. I mean, everything must be different for you as far as how you view things, how you see things, what's important. And and it is. It's. I don't see things the same way as I used to. I don't. What I. Do you, what do you think has changed the most of how you see things? What's different? I think I try to. I, I at least I feel that I feel that I try to take more time to spend with. Um, like I, I'll try to spend more time with certain people or get to know um, people a little bit better or to enjoy a moment rather than rush through the moment. Right. Um, now that I've been sick, because when I was sick, you don't get to enjoy moments. <laughs> you're right. tired and you're, but like the sense of normal's gone. Like I had long blonde hair before I was sick, and that's all gone now. I could grow it back, uh-huh. but I kind of like the short hair. Looks cute. Yeah. <laughs> and it's easy. Wash and go. Um, but like I had a double mastectomy. So when people hug me, it might feel the same to them, but it feels hugs don't feel the same to me. Just mm-hmm. that type of thing. Like, wow. and I don't have any feeling from underneath one arm to the other arm. Like I have no feeling across my whole chest. And so it's a slightly dangerous for me <laughs> because if I, I could hit, get hit or something and I won't know it, I could get hurt and right. won't know it um i have neuropathy in all my fingers so feeling things touch is not there like i can burn myself easily and not know like i know because wow. i just burned myself two days ago and i didn't feel it but i saw that i was watching what i was doing and i saw my finger slip it hit something very hot and i saw a white mark i'm like oh that's probably not good but it didn't hurt i didn't put ice on it but it it burned me really good um so those type of things like the little things you don't expect or like I don't like taking pills, but now I have to take seven a day just to keep wow. from the hopefully keep the cancer at bay and not get sick again. How how long will you have to take those for? Um, 
I'm on tamoxifen, which is a hormone suppressant. And I have to be on that for 10 years. Wow. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. That's, that's fun. That gives you hot, like at 30, you don't expect to have hot flash. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I can sympathize with people who have oh, hot yeah. flashes down. <laughs> um, I know I kind of thought menopause would be cool, but this is not cool. Oh, no. <laughs> There's nothing cool about it. <laughs> so like just those things like that you don't like you did, you used to take those things for granted that now it's like, oh, they're gone and. I kind of miss them and it's weird. Yeah. So it's a, it's a new normal. It, yes. It's like a new normal for me. This is hugging people now. Like that's the new normal. I don't, I'm getting used to the fact that when I hug somebody, it feels like I have a paper towel between the two. Mm-hmm. Like I have a rolled up thing of like a roll of paper towel between the two of us yeah. because I can't really feel much when I hug somebody other than my own arms, but like in the chest and stuff. Like when you hug somebody right. tight, you right. usually yeah. can feel it. Right. I don't have that feeling. Wow. wow. So it's a little weird. Hmm. So how do people then go about, um, but like, tell us about one of your projects that you had. Oh, so I've sadly, well, sadly and happily, I've, I've had one, we've had one project and it was a successful one. Uh, but, um, I'm going to apologize right now. I may cry and choke up a little bit. Um, it was, uh, my friend, so in September of six, so this, just this past September, um, my friend Melissa, um, had been, uh, she had been diagnosed with cancer and she was stage two like I was when she was first diagnosed. Um, she had oh, been wow. diagnosed a, uh, a year and a half before, about a year before this, year and a half. And in September, she was told that she was terminal and wow. she came to me and um, we were, we were, um, Gilda's Club does bras for our cause in right. October and me and her were models. <sighs> and we got, to sh- and she, so we're at, we're, um, she was in my support group and we had found out the couple, like a week or two before the dry run that she was terminal. And we had about a year or a year and a half at the time. And, uh, so at dry run, I was, gave her a hug and we were talking. We were sitting together, wait, uh, getting ready, like going through the dry run for the show. And, uh, when we're waiting in line or she asked me, she's like, I have a request. I would, I would, I have a project for you. And I'm like, She's like, would you, I'm like, I would be honored to help you in whatever I can do. And she's like, I would like to get a personalized autograph from Taylor Swift for my husband. So it's not even for, it wasn't even for her. Wow. It was for her husband just to show how much she loves him and cares about him mm-hmm. and how much she's done for her while she was sick when wow. she was going through all this. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. And y- y- try standing in front of her while she's saying oh. this. I'm like trying not to cry because I had already like her, she's, she, she sadly she was like she she passed away in uh december and she was a wonderful person and she um standing there asking for this is just like i wanted my i wanted to just ball but she, like you can't because i know you don't because i knew what would happen same thing that i would have done is she would have tried to comfort me and that's right. not how that should go right I should, a person who's sick and found out this should not be worrying about comforting other people they they are the ones that are right so she asked for this and i'm like i will do whatever i of course i would i'm like it was a big request and she was my first request and i'm like i don't know how we're gonna make this happen but we have to make this happen and at the time i'm like all right and she and the, what really killed me is when she's like, even if I'm not around, will you please make sure this happens? Wow. So she was already like, in case she had in case I can't couldn't make it happen while she was alive, that I still made it happen. And I was like, I will until it happens. I 
I'm not going to stop. Wow. And so we had a year and a year and a half. Seemed like a daunting task because I'm nobody. And she's asking me to contact Taylor Swift. And I'm like, we are going to do this. Whatever it takes, we will haunt people. We will stalk people. (laughs) (laughs) What's the worst that can happen? It may be a restraining order, but as long as he writes his name on it. (laughs) So so I was like, I went to my husband and we um, found uh, Googled information and I contacted, um, I had been in contact with the founder of Make-A-Wish. He was kind of a person I had contacted to try to figure out how to get started. Right. With, um, that's a good person. Pro- to- yeah. And he's, he gave me some contact information for a couple other organizations to check out that might be able to help me or point me in the right direction. And, uh, he, uh, we, so we researched and my husband is, my husband's is my content. So all of my stuff on, on the website, I tell my husband what to write and he makes it sound really good. I can't, <laughs> I'm not the writer. If I, if I write it, it's going to be like a two sentence thing, even though I feel a lot more, I feel more passionate about it than two sentences, but right. I can't get it out to make it sound good. And so he does all the, I call him the content monkey. <laughs> um, so he, he helped me write all of these letters and stuff and send, uh, all of these emails out and tweet used Twitter, used Facebook. I was contacting people. Instagram, you apparently you can send. I, I learned a lot about social, social media, media. <laughs> in a short time because I was not, I wasn't Facebook. That was about it. Yeah. I did not, I, I did not use Twitter or Instagram. I learned a lot about them really quickly. And, uh, so I'm sending out all these notes and messages and emails and people are like, Hey, try this person. I'm like, all right, I will do whatever it takes. I will send messages to whoever. And so, um, we're doing all this. And um, so I had back in January when I got the thing for the whole the trip, I was I got accepted and went to Hawaii in November. And when I was at the camp for surf surf camp in Hawaii, I got the call that um, Melissa's one to two years turned to one to two months. Wow. And it, that was what end of September was when we middle of September was when she was told one to two years. And and then in November, she was told one to two months. And I'm wow. like, are you kidding me? This wow. is this is a girl who's my age. She's she was only a year older than me. And she's was stage two. Her was a, her cancer was a little more aggressive than mine. But still, she was stage two when she right. found out. So how is she now? Uh, now, how is she at this point? So I'm like, all right, well, now we have to work double time. We have to get this done. And we tried so hard to get it done before she passed away. Um, sadly, um, she passed away December 30th and we still hadn't heard anything or gotten anything back. And, um, her, uh, visitation party type thing that her husband had because they were always going to have a party when she was through it. Mm-hmm. So this was her party. And, uh, about um that was on a Saturday and Wednesday or Thursday he got a thing in the mail from Nashville and opened it up and it said to Mitch. Oh my gosh. Uh, I think it says with love Taylor Swift and he wow. he had gotten it like a couple days after her uh wow. funeral and it was just it was amazing and I was so excited for him and he has it now. It's a he put it in a picture frame and it's right as soon as you walk like he's I haven't seen it personally in 
but he sent me a picture. He said, as soon as you walk in the house, it's right like above the stairs. And wow. So as soon as you walk in the house, you can kind of see it. And wow. That was, that was like, sh- so I you guess made it, it happen. I, I, and w- the separatists, I'm not sure exactly. Like, I, I think I know where it came from and how it got to him, but it was like, they never said that they were sending it. So it was like, when it, I was so, I was about surprised to show up as he was. And she was trying to keep it, Melissa was trying to keep it a secret at first, but when she heard she only had about have one or two months, um, she had told Mitch about what was happening. Wow. And that it would, that this was, this was going down. It's probably good <laughs> she did because now that probably makes it so much yeah. extra well, special. It made it a lot easier for me because I could, because he follows Taylor Swift and I was like, well, I can't tag her in things. And I'm like, okay, we have to make this happen, but we have to keep it quiet. He can't find out. And then when she told me, she's like, hey, just to let you know, I told Mitch last night that what you're trying to do. And I'm like, sweet. Floodgates are open. Yeah. It's going everywhere. I can possibly make it go. And um, so uh, we had lots of people putting it on Twitter. I had. um, Was it? No, it was Alicia. Was it somebody's son. My brain does not work is a musician. So maybe it's the least. Yeah, your your son <laughs> yeah. was awesome. Thank you. Three. I, th- Thank you. Three hundred, almost four. It's still it's still getting retweeted. Oh, that's wow. great. I get little messages, and it's Good. awesome. That's I'm, awesome. My, sorry, I couldn't remember. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> I'm like, it was. I knew it was somebody. I'm like, I'm like, I think it's yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got. I'm still getting notifications that it's getting retweeted. Wow. wow. Like I got one just the other day and it made me think of like I think of Melissa often, but um it's it made me think of her and like Wow. What so how so if if we know somebody or if somebody's listening and they have, you know, a wish list or a bucket list, what do they do? They just send me an email or call me on my cell phone. I don't have an application process, at least not yet, because okay. we don't have and I don't have uh, I'm I'm in search of something to work on. I am in search for what we were what we like to refer to as a project. So okay, project Melissa, project chasing life. Yes, they can go on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. We have a website. There is an Instagram. Okay, um, at, and so on any of those, they can message you and say, you know, this is what's on my friend's bucket list or on my yep. bucket list. And my how, my personal cell phone is on our website. If you want to go, oh, wow. If, if you okay. go, or well, on, I think it's on the Facebook page too. What's your cell phone? Go ahead and get it's that It's 248-802-2669. It is out there. You guys can call me or text me. <laughs> how <laughs> can people also get involved? So, right. if, you know, to donate or so we take donations on, we uh, take donations on the website um we are looking at doing a um cycle ride i'm trying to schedule it i'm scheduling a date with um what's that this there's a place called the cycle bar in troy on big beaver um and they have like spin class oh, oh cool. okay and so they they said if you uh, want to host a spin class um uh, i'm trying to work i'm going to work out a date with them that uh probably in May, probably I'm going to shoot for like beginning of May um, to where people can come and take a cycle class there. And all of the, all of the entry fee will go towards project chasing life. It won't be just for like, they didn't, they won't be making any money on it. They're, wow. they're donating their time. That's and awesome. The instructor and the help. And that place, like I went and checked it out. It's really cool. Like you can go with friends and you can cycle against each other. And I'm like that, like I could see a bunch of my friends coming to this to help me. It's, yeah. Raise money and raise right. awareness. 
and they'll get competitive and there's like <laughs> there's a leaderboard and I'm like, oh, my God, my friends are going. <laughs> so we're I mean, we're still like we're still getting started as much as um, I have a couple of friends who are trying to help me um, with writing and uh, raising awareness right now. It's like I don't have a project. So I'm like, I don't know how much I need like. Right. I don't make like nobody. I don't pay any, for anybody. Right. Only, it's all strictly volunteer. I yeah. I have but, a real day. I have a uh, I have a paycheck job. Right. I refer to project chasing like as my real job. That right. Is, that's my job. Um. I have a paycheck job. <laughs> so, side. so you obviously donations find money mm-hmm. is going to help grow it and help uh, with awareness. And um. What about volunteers? Um. So uh, there's a couple things that um. We are, my husband's looking at doing, he wants to, uh, that we'll probably need some volunteers, um, to, he's, he, my husband kind of wants to, my husband's a huge runner. He likes to run. He doesn't look like a runner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and he's hoping he wants to do as a pairing of, uh, athletes with cancer people. Oh. Oh. So like somebody may be on their first half marathon or first marathon and they can kind of encourage each other. Somebody going through being sick. And an athlete trying to make it through their first. He's like, because that's, I mean, they're both need some encouragement. Right. He's like, wow. And that's what kind of got him running was me being sick was kind of his way to his outlet of getting his frustrations out and getting right um, his mind like off things or on things because he thinks a lot when he runs and helps start crying. It's really cute. Aww. <laughs> uh, but so, uh, so we haven't had much in the way of volunteering needing needs. Uh but if anybody has to, I am, I am a very open book. Anyone has suggestions or anything, I will take okay. suggestions or. So people can message you or post different ideas for fundraisers. Yes. Events. Oh, yes. Or any, okay. any suggestions they might have. I am, I'm very open book. This is very new to me and I'm still okay. learning as I go. And, um, so it's Project Chasing Life, mm-hmm. Facebook, Twitter, website. And anybody can go on that, give you ideas, donate money. Yep. The contact, um, there's a contact page on the website that, um, emails, uh, they send a note on there and it goes right to my email. Okay. So, good. Um, and if you have something on your bucket list, if you're going through cancer or you know somebody that's the send them my yes. Hey, I want to <laughs> yes. help you. Yeah. I want to hopefully take, make this not suck so bad. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that is amazing. Did you ever think in your life that you would be doing something like this? I never, I never thought I would do, like, I never thought I would try to run my own nonprofit. I help with nonprofit, like, yeah. robotics things, a nonprofit. Um, but it was kind of funny when we were coming up with the idea. I was looking at my husband. I'm like, did I just figure out what I was going to do when I grow up? <laughs> yeah. Cause we always kind of joke that we're, we haven't grown up yet and we're not sure what we quite want to do. We both like doing good things and, my husband likes uh, animals and stuff, and he 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 likes to volunteer and help with like that type of stuff. And he also volunteers with robotics. And so we both have always talked that we never really knew what we wanted to do when we grew up. We're both engineers, and we both do stuff mm. like that. But it was never what we thought of as our our grown up jobs or what we wanted to do when we grew up. We don't we haven't grown up yet. <laughs> so I looked at him and I'm like, did I just figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up? <laughs> Have I grown up already? I don't know if I like that. Thought. <laughs> yeah. It is amazing though. Cause it, it does seem like it takes, you know, some sort of grief or something to make us really realize what our purpose is. Yeah. I, I mean, I would have, I had a, um, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm not 
four into cancer. My brother-in-law had it when we were in high school, but I didn't do, I, I, we were friends. He, we weren't. Right. And so I saw him go through that. My sister-in-law, um, when he was sick, seeing her go through that was hard, especially in, in high school kids. But I never had to go through it myself and I didn't right. have any, none of my family members had cancer. And so to, I didn't, ha- that wasn't something I was passionate about. I was like, I right. went to Relay for Life and hung out. Like I, I had right. fun going to those things and doing good things like that. But it was never something I was like, uber, like I was a huge Marine. Like that was when I was growing up, I was passionate about like whales and dolphins, marine yeah. life. And that was like my, my passion and that cancer and helping those people i'm not going to say i was against it but i wasn't like passionate about it right like right. i am it now. didn't like, affect it you. didn't it, yeah, yeah it wasn't like right it wasn't something i was like in love with or like passionate about because it didn't personally affect me and right. now that it has it's like you don't know that side of life until you have to live it and it sucks but at the same time you can make something great out of it you can like my I will never wish cancer on anybody. I say this to everybody. I will never wish cancer on a single person. But what it gave me, I would never regret. Wow. wow. My friends that I've gotten out of the program are amazing. I love those people. That That's my family. I would do anything for those people. And the the things that it made me see in myself or and the the changes that I that it brought like the the way I've changed because of it, I wouldn't want to change that. So I mean, I I guess it kind of sounds like I'm happy I got sick, but I I mean I, I wouldn't wish like if I could have gotten the stuff without being sick, I right. probably would have signed up for that card. Right. <laughs> but you know, they do say that you don't really start, you don't really know how to live life until you face death. Yeah, and that's I after doing that, I totally agree. It's like you look at things differently, and I I like I said, I would never regret. My friends, I would never want to change the fact that they're in my life. Right. I love them all. And to think if I wasn't sick, I would have never met them. It's right. hard like to think that they weren't in my life a year, a couple years ago. And now they're like my best friends wow. and people that I talk to all the time. Wow. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for giving us your time today. Oh, yeah, and you. it is Project Chasing Life. And you can find... Uh, Margie and her um, organization on Facebook. So um, Twitter, Twitter, yeah, everything, Instagram. Um, And you can donate your time, uh, give, give up some ideas, give up some money. Uh, And let's see where this goes. It sounds like a great, you, you, you found a need. So um, I like to think it, I mean, yeah, I think you're going to help out a lot of people and, and congratulations on your, the success of your first project. Thank you. That's yeah. awesome. And yeah. congratulations to you. You look good, Thanks. you know, and well, hopefully all the best to you. Thank you so much. And uh, happy birthday, by the way. <laughs> um, well, we, our, our wine today was the our pink, sip this. our sip on this is pink rose relax wine because of uh, breast cancer pink. That's why we picked that. And we're going to close the show with one of your favorite artists. Um, in your mission statement, you said that, I'm going to use your words here, out of the darkness of cancer, we want to help people find some hope and happiness like I did. So I picked one of his songs, Matt Hires, and it was Out of the Dark. So that's that's the song we're going to close for you. So, And remember, sometimes your only available mode of transportation is a leap of faith. Thanks for taking a leap of faith with us. Thank you. Happy hump day. Happy hump day. 
I'm burned out and wasted I'm tired of pacing I'm busy erasing Voices of the dead Everything changes And everyone's faceless I wanna replace this Darkness in my head In a strange, strange place Lying on the edge of a star In these violent days I only wanna be where you are Even fools they say Can find a way out of the dark Of the dark Help me out of the dark been a sinner, a lover, a killer, cause the world I discovered, it feels nothing like my home, I wanna escape it, or try to embrace it, I keep rearranging everything I know. Dog. 